to River Church this Sunday morning. It's a great day in Alabama. We're in Tuscaloosa today, and we just are enjoying our Jesus, our Savior, our financier, our peace, our healer, our deliverer, our comforter, our friend. We are so excited about what he's done, what he's doing, and what he has told us that he will do in our lives. So we, we love the word, and we're going to break open the word and let Holy Ghost minister to us days of heaven here on earth. So if you would, turn in your Bible with me to the book of Mark. Mark in the Gospels, Mark chapter 4. We are ministering uh, a subject, just so you'll be able to follow that, on how to guarantee your success in life. Now that's pretty, that's pretty bold. The word guarantee has got some things in it that indicate that it's going to happen. Guarantee, like you've heard of a money-back guarantee. If you're not satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Well, the Lord has given you a guarantee and me a guarantee that we can have success. So I want to talk about the word character. Character is how you and I, just, that we guarantee our success. Say the word character. 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 It's a, it's a word we don't talk much about in church, but actually it's such a part of our being in our life. Character is really how you and I approach living. We, we have a border, a boundary, a limit on our life. There are certain things that we just won't cross. And probably you and I have some limits that we think is one way, but when we got into the clutch, we might not realize where our character was. In other words, if someone said, put a gun to our head and said, renounce Jesus or I'm going to shoot you, there'd be some people in that crowd that would say, maybe like I saw in one place where it says, do what they say and then repent later, you know. Uh, so that's character. And it's based on two streams in your life. Number one is principle. Your character is based on the word. You found the word, you saw the word, you, you, you got the word, and you said of yourself, I will have a character or an integrity that will be based on principles from this word. Now, you'd think everybody would say that, and maybe they do, but the other side of character is based on what people think of us. And we all have that stream more than we would want, where we actually are influenced by our reputation, our what everybody thinks about us, character. We do, you know people of low character, they say, ah, I'm good for it, I'm good for it, until something intervenes that what people would think, and they're disappeared. And this happens in work, in families, in church, and everything. And character will save you. I've been studying this, and character will save you. You know, we all have moments of weakness. Uh, things that where we don't feel good, or someone's hurt our feelings, or it's just, it just doesn't look good. And we will do things at that low point that we ordinarily wouldn't do on a good day. We'll, we'll, we'll tell a, not a lie. It is a lie, but we'll say things to protect ourselves or to to make it where we can get through it. And uh, character sometimes will build a stalwart, a, a bulwark, excuse me, a bulwark around your life that just says, I can't do that because I don't go past this line. 
Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You just, and so sometimes when the temptation is tremendous and the, the rewards seem so great, yet you have a character boundary in your life that just said, uh, my mama told me never do that. And so even though I want to and it sounds good and I think you're good, I can't go there. We have that in the, in the, in the growing up. It's uh, who you're going to date or who, who you're going to live with or who you're going to marry. It's all things that are things in our life that says, I, I just can't go past this line. And it saves us sometimes to have that character in our life. We would have had regret. Matter of fact, we all have regrets, I suppose, of things that we did not have an established character in. And that temptation came and we had nothing to shield us from it, and we fell into it. And it was called low character, or little character, or weak character. Of course, we don't even know it's a weak character until we get this and find out, oh, there's more. You know, if you live in that character, that stream, then you think that's all it is, and everybody's doing it, and so what's wrong with that? I, I, I've had lots of things happen to me, and I'm sure you have too, that I thought were okay at the time, but since then I found out that was not right, but my character didn't save me. And, uh, but uh, thinking about what my father was gonna do to me did save me. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but my father would tell me things that he was gonna do to me if I did something wrong. He told me he was gonna break my arm if I ever smoked. Well, I, I just didn't smoke. And you go, well, he wouldn't have done that. I'm sure he wouldn't have. But I thought he would, and so it, it saved me. Uh, and so character will determine, help you decide what kind of seed you're going to sow in your life. I'm not talking about financial, but how you're going to lay down your life. All of us are sowing our life every day with our words, with our actions, with our intentions. We all sow our, who we're going to hang out with. We all are sowing our, our seed of life towards an intent. That's why we raise our kids. We want them to have good character so that they'll be able to defend themselves in a, in a malicious world. We want them to say stranger danger, so to speak, and not run off with everybody that comes by or not marry everybody that comes by or, you know what I mean. We, 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 we work hard, not just to educate them about academics, but to have a character in them, a bulwark, a foundation to be established inside so that no matter what shows up, my son won't do that. My son won't go there. My son will, will say no. Isn't that what we really are as parents? We, what we're really after is, is to put something in them that's more than just uh, economics or physics or, or chemistry, but for them to make decisions that are based on wisdom, based on principles. All of us in here, I suspect, would say that we remember something one of our parents told us back in the day that we don't forget. Something, you know, my dad always said, you know, and that's we all, you should have one of those. Uh, my dad always said the reason that we didn't have anything is because we're doing without in order to do. Well, that's a pitiful thing to have in your life, but that's, that was what I heard all the time. And... Uh, so that, those are things we're trying to impart into our children. Then as we, our children get grown, well, then we, we become attentive to our grandchildren and say, you know, don't, why are you letting that little, why are you letting my grandchild do that? 
You know, we're, we're, we're all like, because we developed a new character level, and we think our kids are not actually keeping up with that. Y'all say amen when you catch that. Hallelujah. So in Mark chapter 4, we see here about the parable of the seed. And character is how you're going to sow your life. Character is how you intend or how you're willing to sow your life. You know, you and I know we got lots of choices. You can go the narrow way, the broad way. You can go the broad way. And if you don't die, you can then go the narrow way. You can go broad all your life. You can go narrow all your life. Then we have the legalists that are over here saying, well, we're not going to. Well, they're just under the law. They can't do anything. Uh, they have to dress a certain way. And they get, yeah, I was talking to someone the other day. said, we never went to movies. We couldn't go to movies. Well, why not? Well, because our denomination said movies are evil. And, and they're, they're right. You know, they're, <laughs> there's a bunch of them that way. Well, that, that brings a standard of character in you that's not necessarily based on truth, but it's based on precedent or culture. And, but it forms us as, this, as if it were. So we're trying to throw off religion, trying to throw off the law, trying to throw off a rigor of the world and put on the life and faith of the Lord Jesus. And as he is, so are we in this world. And so we all do it different. We all, you, you'll talk to people about uh, abortion or about uh, 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 finances in the government, and everybody's polarized. They've got a, they've got a thing in them and said no or well yes there's just we're just all pretty upset i think about the way our our society is going and the way our students in colleges there a lot of them are marxists and just uh this morning uh yesterday i read in the in a paper that a uh they put out 2935 little american flags in the display and some, somebody was coming by with a trash bag and picking them up, going to the trash with them. And, you know, he's, 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 he's not like us. Just say that. You go, well, that's terrible. Well, why do you think it's terrible? Because all his friends, friends think it's wonderful. Well, because you have a different character than they do. So something that's benign to some is absolutely uh, uh, repugnant to, to others based on character. The standard of life that you, that you live and that you want to reap. We lay out, down our life in one dimension and we pick it up in another. In other words, we go to work for eight hours in a day. We lay down our life in labor and we go to HR on Friday and we pick up our life in little green strips of paper called a check. So there's an exchange there. Well, that's what we do with character uh, in our life. In Mark chapter 4... Let's see how fast I can go. The sower soweth the word, the Lord said. Now, he's explaining the parable that he just gave them about seed. And he said, and these are they that are by the wayside where the word is sown. But the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So could you say the word was not sown, even though it went through a process of sowing, it didn't get sown. Would y'all say that? Would, would you agree that, I mean, it, it got sown, but it didn't, it's not a harvestable seed, so it's the same as if it wasn't sown. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So the word is sown, 
but they have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So it's the same as if it wasn't sown. Because a good seed, the seed of the word, will not offend people. It's, it, the seed of the word is not an offending thing. So you have to, you have to take the seed up and, and let another seed, a weed of, or whatever, take place. And these are they which are sown among thorns, which such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. So in all three instances here, the good seed, the good seed, the good seed that was sown was not harvested a good harvest. So you can sow your life, but not sow it right and not have a good life. So the way, you know, they say the road to, uh, to hell is paved with good intentions. There's a certain amount of truth that, that a lot of people are in the doing of it, but they're not reaping. We, we think, and I'll tell you in a minute, we're going to think that life's not fair because we, we think we're sowing good seed, but not reaping the same kind of harvest as the seed we sow. Now, you meditate on that just for a second to see if you don't think there's some truth to that, that all of us would say, if we were honest, we were in a booth and they just took our brain out and examined it and put it on the bench and, and analyzed it, they'd say, this, this brain thinks that it's not fair. What they sowed is better than what they reaped, which is unfair. Luke chapter 6. If you would go to Luke chapter 6. We're not through with that chapter, but we're going to come back to it. Luke chapter 6, verse 47. We looked at this Sunday and Wednesday. And we're talking about character. We're talking about the thing that is responsible for what you have in your life. Now, we're not discounting faith. We're certainly not discounting love and the, the promises. This is not apart from that. And this is certainly not contrary to that. But it is the impetus that makes all of it go together and go forward. It says in verse 45, excuse me, 47, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, the Lord said, and doeth them, heareth my sayings, and doeth them. So it's a two-part thing. It's a two-part thing. I will show you to whom he is like. So this is going to be an exact simile or parable, the Lord never uses a, an example or an illustration that's not also true. He is like a man which build built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock, dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. So let's say this. We're just talking about things in life. I, I like to talk about things that you can, you can listen to them, put them in. It's not just some platitude or some... Or un, or un, it's got to apply to my life or I'm not interested. Because I got lots of questions. And I got lots of unanswered things in my life, just like you do. And I'm always looking, I've always got my ear in the wind saying, what's the answer to that? 
And the other day, something came to me. I was talking to Deborah Ann, and I was just, and suddenly I saw it. After all these years, I'd never, you know, I kind of worked on it and got it to come out, but I saw it. Have y'all ever just saw it? And suddenly you saw it, and you then suddenly seized it. Once you see it, you can seize it. And that means you put it in your life, and you pound it in and say, this is my character. No longer will I do that. And sometimes we, we raise our kids or whatever, raise ourselves, and we get to the end of it and say, man, I wish I'd have done it different. I'm older than I've ever been, and I say, man, I wish I could do, have a do-over. I don't want to go back to the 20s, but, but after that, I would like to have a few do-overs. I would, I would emphasize things that I didn't, and I would not emphasize things that I did. I'd major on majors and minor on minors, which is not what I always did. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, it, it, you, praise God you learn it. Praise God there does come a place you say, I did mess up or I didn't do right. A lot of people are like, why, why? I didn't. It's perfect. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I've been divorced 16 times. And what's wrong with that? Well, you just know that that perspective is based on a different character than you and I have. One thing about character is that we're always upgrading it. If you're not upgrading your character, then by definition, your character is degrading. There is no static character. Your standard, my standard, my standard is always moving up or down. Influences come in, unbelief about the word. Somebody says, that's not true because this and this and that and this. And you go, oh, I thought the Bible is true, but apparently not in this case. And it damages your character because suddenly you're not, you're not one of those that says the word is always right. It's always true and it's always true for me. You got to go there. That's a high level of character. But if you don't have that, you ain't got much. Y'all know some people that ain't got much? Can I say that word? Hallelujah. And so consistent mastery, mastery over your foundation will guarantee your success. Let me say it again. Our goal, we're all endeavoring to get in faith. We're all endeavoring to have more wisdom and, and be consistent with the word and handling the word. But what's the background, the OS in the background is saying that I need a consistent mastery over my foundation. So many Christians are working on the, the windows and the roof and on the, the, the awning or whatever of their life, and they, they have no mastery over the foundation. What we're talking about this morning, what we always talk about at River Church, is foundational. Now, we do talk about prosperity and healing and all that, but that's foundational, because if you don't have that, then you have to, you're tossed by every wave. So mastery over our foundation, not a casual observer, like whatever, close enough. We, we get along, we do fine. <clears throat> that just means you're settling. If you're not working on your character, on the foundation of right and wrong, of seed time and harvest, then by default, you just let it go. You're just saying my life's good enough. The only thing is, we're going to see in a minute, that that which you think you have is taken away. And, and you can't hold on to it because it'll slip out. You'll, you'll, it'll slip out. And suddenly when temptation or sin or whatever comes along, you and I will make a wrong decision. 
We will snap over in a moment because we didn't have that character at the back of it to keep us from going over the edge. And we, it'll just take a moment. It'll be just a, uh, you know, somebody shoots somebody or someone says this or someone makes a decision about their marriage or whatever. And in just a moment, you're over the edge because you didn't have character there to say, whoa, we don't do that. You know, my marriage counseling to people is don't ever say the D word. Don't, and if you're the husband, don't ever say, I'm in charge. I'm the head of this thing. Well, you know, we could technically, that's not wrong, but it's wrong to say it. You know what we say about wealth? Rich people don't talk about their money. And if you're truly the head of your marriage, you don't have to mention it. And if you have to mention it, nobody believes it when you say it. <laughs> There's doubt and unbelief everywhere. So, you know, and you go, well, what's that all about? Well, that's character. That's when you know some things inside that protect you and deliver you from going over the edge and having to crawl back. Most of our lives, or a lot of them, or some of us, we're trying to fix where we messed up. I am, I am weary, or whatever, I, not now, but of fixing stuff, having do-overs, having redos, and, and, and tracking back. You know, if you come to a T in a road and you didn't see the stop sign saying T in the road coming and you just plow through that T and you're in the field out there on the other side. Now, I've seen this is the reason I'm talking about it. <laughs> Not me, but I've seen it where people were just like messing around. Then you got to put it in four wheel drive or get a stick or get a shovel or something to get out of that field and get back to the road. It takes a big part of your life. Whereas if you just slowed down and made the turn, nobody would even think about it. That's what life is about. No more do-overs. Get it right the first time. And I don't, and you don't have time, no matter who you are, what you think the end days are, or your own life, we don't have time for do-overs. We get it right the first time. Well, that's because we work on our character, and it protects us. We just have certain standards. We just have certain areas that says... I won't go there. I just won't go there. I know I'll make lots of money. I know I'll, it'll make me a rock star, but I'm not going there no matter what the enticement, whatever the so-called reward. I'm not going there. Now, if you can show me the word where I can go there, then I'll meditate it. Me and the Lord Jesus have come to a new understanding. But until then, no. Well, then you find out a month or six or ten later, but that thing was a, it was a cliff. And everybody that went there went over the cliff. And you go, whew, thank you, Jesus. Reputation, excuse me, character will save us. So I, I wrote that down. A consistent mastery over your foundation will guarantee your success. You cannot fail if you guard your character. Because you'll sow the right seeds. So in, the, in verse 48 here of Luke, uh, did we read Luke? Yes, we did. Well, verse 48, where he says he's like a man that dig deep. The Knox says who dug, dug deep, dug, dug deep. So we're going to say, just for, just because I can, in the truest sense of character and what the Lord Jesus said here, we either have to dig or die. And, you know, those are extreme words, but, okay, you're going to have to be working on it or you're going to have a lesser life, if you like that terminology. But I just said, 
we're going to have to be digging or we're going to be dying. Because he said uh, in, in verse 49, he said, uh, and he said that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. Uh, one version I looked at says, and the wreck of that house was complete. Now I'm going to slip back here to verse 20 in chapter 4 of Mark. And, and we just went through the, the rocks and the thorns and the hard play, the, the wayside. And verse 20 says, but these, ground number four, but these are they which are sown on good ground. Well, it takes some discernment to know what's good ground. Because otherwise you'll, you'll sow your seed into rocks. Or you'll sow your seed into something that has weeds in it. Or you'll sow it on the wayside thinking good enough is good enough. Such as hear the word and receive it. So we're talking about the same thing here in this parable of the foundation where he said, if those that hear my word and do it. Hear my word and receive it and bring forth fruit some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. I want the 100-fold. But until I get there, I could go a long ways on that old 30. Whatever that means. And there's lots of things about what it means. And, but it's all good. When the Lord Jesus says it's good and says 30, 60, 100, you don't have to figure out a bunch. Just get in line and say, I'll take whatever's on sale today. I'll, I'll take a dab of 30, but if you've got 25, I'll take that. But I'm, I'm here holding out for the 100. Well, you've got to dig a little bit to get to the 100. Because you may have a little sandy spot over there in the corner that uh, isn't down on the rock. But I'm working on it. As soon as I see it, I'm going to seize it. I'm going to get my life as good as I can to be able to receive the seed, plant the seed on good ground, and harvest the seed. Get it right the first time. Because I'm a flow through. Are you a flow through in this life? Uh, it doesn't just come to me. It comes to me to go through me. I, I'm not the end of anything. And that's what you've got to get where, where there's plenty more of that came from. So it doesn't matter what you sow. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter how little you have left. There's plenty more where that came from. And you have a confidence about that. Well, I'm in the Lord's business. I'm sowing this for the kingdom. This is not even pointed back towards me. It's not even something I say, I, if I put this money in, it's going to, it's going to, we're not even doing that. We're just saying, Lord, where do you want me to plant my life? Because I want it for your glory, for your kingdom. Well, when you're in that, he'll give seed to the sower and bread to the eater and multiply the works which you have done. It's a great life, but I'm working stuff out of my head. Pockets of resistance. Pockets of low character that says, well, you better think about this. Last time you did that, you know what happened. But that was a different day. Wasn't it a different day? We, we did fall over. We did go in the hole. And so I'm working stuff out and I'm working stuff in. I'm working in that says, there's plenty more, plenty more, plenty more. All sufficiency in all things. I abound to every good work. I believe that. I believe that. All things are working together for my good. Everything's turning out amazing. 
You go, well, that's just little cliches. It's all based on Scripture. Say it as you want. Read out the King James or the, or the Knox or whatever. But I, I, I just point it back to Scripture and say, there's plenty more. There's no fear here. Plant my life because it will be amazing. Don't plant my life and there will be a planted life, but it won't, it'll be rocky or weedy or it won't, it won't amount to anything. The Lord never said, ah, oh, the rocky ground got 5%. He never mentions anything. You know those people? Have you gone through that little valley of shadow of death one time or two and it didn't turn out well? We all have a, an experience, a, a memory of something that you go, man, I've been there. And I didn't like it. Well, how come? Well, there's a devil. The devil did it. Well, yeah, he was there to push when you looked over the edge of the cliff and said, should I jump? But it's not his fault, really. You go, well, he's the deceiver. Listen, no, no one can deceive you. We're all self-deceived. We can stop anything. Well, invest in this and, and, and try that or do this under, you know. We, nobody makes you, here's the gun, I'm pulling it if you don't do this. There's none of that. It's just like, ah, I think I'll step out of my character here and, uh, and make an exception. And it'll burn you every time, doesn't it? Or enough that you can't enjoy it when you, when you get it. Amen. So, uh, the house of that, the wreck of that house was complete. I've been on the edge of that. I suspect we all have. At one time or another. Every trouble we've ever had was a failure of character. We opened a door on the submarine when we were 100 feet under the surface and it did come in and we hate it but if we don't know its character we'll just blame it on the devil or youthful thinking youthful lust or someone giving us bad counsel or somebody stealing from us and a banker did this and a teacher yeah we'll just we'll blame somebody we'll always blame somebody but what I'm telling you here from the word it's me it's me. If I develop my character, if I dig, 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 I'll put my house, my life on that foundation. And no matter what comes, I'll be here after the storm's gone. And that's where I am right now. I'm not saying I'm completely there, but I'm telling you, I'm digging. You hear me. I hear you. We're digging. We're digging. Maybe it's because we didn't dig and we don't like that, but, or maybe it's just by revelation. You've never been burned and everything in your life's gone good and you just go, I want more. We'll just keep digging. That'd be a better life. That'd be a better testimony. Uh, verse 21 of Mark chapter 4. Let's go there. Uh, you're Matthew, Mark, Luke. So we'll go back to Matthew, Mark 4. Mark 20, Mark 4, 20 said, you know, 30, 60, 100 fold. But then he goes on. We hardly ever read these scriptures, but he goes on verse 21. We got time? Okay. Uh, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? So there is an obvious question. It's rhetorical about something that he's going to compare that is nonsense. He's going to say, just as it's nonsense to put a candle, to bring a candle in, light the little guy, and then put him under a bushel... He said, that's, that's not life. 
He said, or to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick. Then he said, it's, it's just as true. Listen, compare it just as true. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24, take heed what you hear. Look, look, look. These are words. With what measure ye meet or give out, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. He's talking about absolutes. Like a, would you light a candle? No, you'd put it on a, you'd put it on a candlestick, get it up high where the whole room would be lit. You wouldn't put it down low under a bushel. Now, we don't like this scripture in verse 22. There is nothing hid which shall not be manifest. Let's see if I got that. I've got that in Amplified. Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. Now think about that for a moment. He's going to show, he wants to show us everything. Nothing hidden. He wants to show you everything. Everything about your life. Everything about the plan, the blueprint, the foundation of your life. He wants to show us everything. But, uh, you know, we say you can't give a shotgun to a six-year-old because he's not ready. And the Lord Jesus told his disciples one time, I think it's John 6. He said, you're not ready for these things. You're not ready to hear these hard things. Doesn't mean it's hidden from you permanently. It's just that you aren't ready. You couldn't handle them. And the Lord's done that to me several times where as soon as he told me something, I got on old paint and we galloped off towards it. We didn't pray about it. We didn't, I say we, I didn't pray about it. I didn't think about it. I just like, I saw something and giddy up. It's like, I showed you that so you'd wait for it and look for it and make some things come together so you'd be ready. No, I got there too soon. Nothing was there. The provision wasn't there. The people weren't there. The, the event wasn't there. And there I was. We all did that, I think. But verse 22, the passion says, For there is nothing hidden that won't be brought out of the light. If you understand what I'm saying, you need to respond. The TEV, today's English version. Whatever is hidden away will be brought into the open, and whatever is covered up will be uncovered. Now, the reason Christians don't like these verses is because we, not we, not you and me, we, but are guilty. We're already condemned. Ah, what I've done that's naughty is going to be revealed. See, that's where they go immediately. It's like, oh, no. I better quit doing that stuff because he's going to tell it to everybody. Broadcast. Ah, Johnny's doing this. But that's not what it means at all. I'm sure that could apply. But anybody that that would apply to wouldn't be reading this and believing this. What it means is, is everything you sow undercover, behind the scenes, what Jesus said, give in secret, will be brought to the light. It will come forth. It will not just go into life. I sowed a seed this morning. You sowed a seed this morning. And you don't know what I gave. I don't know what you gave. Certainly, we don't care. 
but it will come to the light. How will it come to the light? 30, 60, 100 fold. It will not be insignificant. Just because I didn't trumpet it, just because I didn't say, well, this, I'm believing for that, and so I'm sowing this or whatever. None of your business. None of, no, none of anybody's business. But it will be brought to the light, not announced to you and others, but it will be manifest. A rich man does not talk about his riches. Just the man that thinks he wants people to think he's rich will talk about however much he has. But he doesn't have anything. Well, we don't have to talk about us. We don't have to boast about us. We just sow our seed. Now, you know this. When we see somebody come into the church or you meet somewhere, and I'm going to call him Buff Boy. You'll know I'm not talking about myself. This is not a veiled story. We'll call him Buff Boy. And he's got on a T-shirt. They all wear T-shirts. And, you know, he's just, he's got these guns on him. I, there's none here. There's not, a, there's not even a pea shooter here. <laughs> uh, but we never wonder about Buff Boy, what has he been doing? We know what he's been doing. He's got a gym job. He's down there early or late or both. We see someone with, with calves of steel. We know what they've been doing. You look at my calves and say, I know what you've been doing. <laughs> you've been standing in front of the refrigerator. <laughs> you've been, yeah. So, so what is done in secret is brought to the light. It cannot be hidden. If you go to the gym all the time, we know it. If you're in the Word all the time, didn't tell soul, but we know it. Everybody knows it. If you don't pray, sometimes I sit down with somebody that's not y'all, and I say, why don't you pray over our meal? Well, you can tell they've never prayed or don't pray much because they pray for the little children in China and for the, you know, the, they pray around the world. Why do they pray around the world when we're just supposed to be thanking God for our food and sanctifying it to our bodies? And they pray around the world because they don't pray. So they're, you know, and, and I've done it where they never mentioned the food. They're like, God help the little children, amen. <laughs> Happens all the time. That's why they always like me to pray. It's because they, they think I'm going to criticize them. I never do, but I do notice, don't you? So you know what that person's not been doing. So that which is hidden under the bushel, under the basket, is brought to the light every single time. So the seed I sowed this morning will not be hidden. It will be brought to the light. Now, you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that acts of kindness that you do, that no one notices, and you don't even want them to notice. You don't even, you're not trumpeting, look what I did, and here's how I helped, and all that. But it will come to the light. This is so good, y'all. Where else am I? Hallelujah. This is judgment. Let me show you in verse 22. Nothing hid which shall not be manifested. It neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. That is judgment. When we see Buff Boy, and we've all seen him, 
Have y'all seen him? Oh, yeah. They, they're not wearing something loose and floppy and something that's uh, covered up with a big zipper like I wear. They got on a t-shirt, a thin one, and it's just stretched across these, what, what are these called? Pecs? Yeah. And these are abs and biceps. See, I don't even know this stuff. I don't even know what this is. But we, we know he knows that he's been to the gym, and he wants you to know he's been to the gym. But he doesn't have to mention it. I know he's been to the gym. And someone tells you, well, I'm more spiritual than you. You, you, you ought not to say that. Because we've already judged you by what you said, how you think, what you're doing, what you're planning. We already know you're not spiritual. Or if you just don't mention you're spiritual, we'll listen to you for a few minutes, and we will know if you're spiritual. Are you all with me? We'll know. We, it's a judgment. Our whole life is a judgment. But not for negative things, not for mean things, but for life. I'm able to do what I'm able to do because of what I do. Behind the scenes, in secret, in, in, in not telling anybody. Same thing for you, all of us. Character holds you strong against the thief of your future. You just don't do things that put your seed with the rocks or for the weeds or the, the, the uh, wayside. We just, don't, we just don't do that. We don't sow our seeds wrong. We sow our seeds where it will bring forth a harvest. We're not even talking about financial, although obviously that is in there. So if I want to guarantee my success, I've got to upgrade my character. It doesn't just happen. Keep running around with the people that, that, that you used to. You will not upgrade your character. If you keep giving what you've always given, you can afford it. That's why you give what you give. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about... You know I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about how the kingdom works. So if people, I should say, if people just keep giving what they've always given, they'll keep having what they've been having. But they'll be expecting more. Now, here's something I'm gonna, I was going to share later, but I'll share it now. I'll mess it all up if I do. Ah, let's do it anyway, and I'll just redo it later. In Galatians chapter 6, in verse 7 and 8, it says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall, well, it's, actually, it starts out, it says, God is not mocked. Is it up there? Ah, be, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let's say that last part together. That shall he also reap. Now, that's in the B-I-B-L-E. That, that. What's, so, what's the that? Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, we, we go back to a, a known principle that a seed always multiplies when it's planted. You never plant a, 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 a peach or a corn or a pea and you just get one pea because it'll go extinct. It can, not every seed will come back, but every seed will be planted. So the law, the universal law is that when you plant, you, you are multiplied. So whatsoever man soweth, 
that shall he be multiplied. And then it goes on. Let's see if I've got it here. Uh, and he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth of the spirit, what does it say? Um, shall re of the spirit reap everlasting life. Well, everybody jumps in there and says, you know, something about the new birth. And that's certainly included in that. But that's not what it's really talking about. Now, here's, here's I'll get this and then we'll quit. The world and now even the church declares that life is not fair. Now, you wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to admit it. Don't raise your hands. Don't even nod. But we've all thought life was unfair. We've always, we've all thought we sowed better than we reaped. And we talked about it two weeks ago that, uh, uh, that, that the kingdom is, is compressed. It, it's, uh, it's slower than life. And you can plant corn in 90 days. You'll know what that corn did. You can harvest it and eat it, and it'll be good. One kernel will produce 18, uh, 16 to 2,400 kernels, and you can eat them. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom. 90 days is hardly ever in the kingdom, except under a miraculous atmosphere. And Jesus operated under that. When he said, be healed, the seed of his words produced a harvest in their body. And that's the way it should be for us. There's, there's no difference. As he is, so are we right now. Not someday, oh, God's working on me. No, he worked on you. Jesus came and worked on you, and he's done. He finished the work. So, uh, the church will say that life is not fair. And nobody will say it. But you can tell by our giving, all of us, all of us. Well, I'm not talking about your giving. I'm just talking about the way the church gives. You can tell we don't believe that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. We don't believe it. If we did, we would attend to it. It would consume us. I'm selling aluminum cans this afternoon, so I'll have a, another seed to sow. Nobody does that, hardly. So, we, we say, well, there's a devil. And then the word would say, but you have dominion over the devil. And we would say, well, there's a curse, and the curse got my seed. There's a hole in my pocket. But we have authority over the curse of shortage and lack and need. But verse 7, there we go. God is not mocked whatsoever, whatsoever, the whatsoever. Kindness, a smile, an encouragement. Just not blowing up at somebody that tells you what they did. That shall he also reap. That verse is absolutely fair. I'm going to tell you that's fair. It's not unfair. We would say life's not fair and because there is a devil. But people think that because they're good and they're so good, if you don't do it in faith, I mean, if you don't have... I farmed for 10 years, and you had to be real careful at planting time. If you wasn't paying attention any other time of year, you were paying attention at planting time. And if you just sat up there and listened to rock and roll in your tractor, and it's, it's the cab of the tractor, and bin number six, it's an eight-row planter, but bin number six is clogged up, guess what? That which done in secret is brought to the light. Your dad comes by two weeks later and said, what is this? You've got... 
you got 40 acres of the sixth row out. What are you going to do about that? Well, nothing. We knew, it, it was manifest. And so we have to pay attention at planting time. Uh, if you believe God's in control, would you say that, God, that life is fair? Everybody knows life's not fair. But a lot of people believe God's in control. And if God's in control, what difference does it make what I sow? What difference does it make what my character is? Because he's in control. We're just robotic creatures, and he's, you know, he replaces the batteries in his remote every once in a while, and, and, uh, and we just go off and do our thing, and he decides, well, you're, you're this and you're that, and, and he's not in control. Whatsoever ma ever a man soweth is in control. And if you don't like the harvest, if you don't like the end of it, then you didn't take good control. Bin number six was out of seed. You get, you get to the end of, the, of the, the row and you're putting in new seed and you don't have to put any seeds in number six because it's still full. Boy, I've been there. We've all been there. Uh, do you believe in luck? Don't, don't nod. Luck is not a real word. It's what people do to say God's in control or that seed time and harvest is not real. It's very real. What if someone said, I want to sow one thing and reap another? You go, oh, that's crazy. Nobody would think that. Sure they do. Everybody does. Everybody has if they don't. They want to sow one thing so sparingly what Paul say? You shall also reap sparingly. So bountifully, the law of seed time and harvest is in absolute control. You shall reap bountifully. Now, I know you know all this stuff. I'm not telling you anything that's new. But we've got to believe it. The Amplified says, God will not allow his precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that, and here it is, and that only is what he will reap. So if we don't like our harvest family, and I've been upset with mine in years gone by, like, what, what? I'm giving. Well, relative to my character, I was. To my friends, I sure was. To all my family, well, yeah, buddy, I was out there. I was the first. But it wasn't, it wasn't kingdom sowing. It was, little, it was fearful sowing. It was, it was I want to look good sowing. It was like I want God to know that I'm in sowing. And it wasn't him. The New Living says you will always harvest what you plant. Let's put that in first person and say it. I will always harvest what I plant. Now, today's English says a person will reap exactly what he plants. And here's the Phillips. We always quote this one. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. So character knows that. Low character says it's luck, it's the devil, it's God mad at me, God's not paying attention, you never know what God's going to do, you just put it in the bucket and, you know, it doesn't make any difference. But I'm deliberate. When I find $100 and put that in the, in the, in the bucket... My future's changed right there. I start looking for an upgrade. I, I get off of this plane of harvest and move up. Maybe after a while, a long while, $100 doesn't do it. 
because he's blessed you. You, you had some harvests, and so now you, you've raised up to a new level, but you still want to just give a dollar or a hundred dollars, whatever it is. Now, I'm not setting amounts here. I'm just saying whatever. And so he'll speak to you. He'll talk to you, and he'll say, let's do 500. Lord, no, that's, that's way much. Well, see, that character goes back to another day. You know, uh, my family, your family, uh, used to tip, they tip out, and everybody, they would tip a dollar for every plate. Has your dad ever done that? Where you just, you know, you get up and you've just spent 40, 60 bucks on a family and you tip out a dollar. Well, at one day that may have been cool, but it's not cool anymore. Ask anybody that's on the waitstaff side. A dollar's not it. It's, it's pitiful. It's, it's terrible. But that's what they're used to. So that's low character. We gotta, we gotta say, whoa, Michael, whoa. That's what you used to do, but now your character's been raised to, much, who, to whom much is given. You're going to have to do more. Character demands it. If I want to have character that speaks to the mountain, the mountain says, I'm listening. I'll do whatever you say. I've got to have a confidence in me that this is about to change. So we're changing our character. I'm changing it. How? I just get open. Money's everywhere. Now, let me just tell you, money is everywhere. When I didn't know how to believe God financially, I so didn't want my sons to blame the ministry and say, yeah, my dad's in the ministry. That's why we don't have anything. That's why we don't do anything. We never go anywhere because my dad's in the ministry. I could not bear that thought. But I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to prosper. So I'm telling you honestly, I went into debt so that we'd have Christmas and so we'd go on vacation because I didn't know what else to do. But I did know this, that money's everywhere and God could fix my debt just like that. Somebody could just hear from heaven and say, hey, there's Billings. I'll give him 10000 And I would think, don't you want to pay the whole thing off? <laughs> Got another 10 in there? No, I'm, I'm serious. That's the way I thought. I, and so that's character. Saying, I, I don't have the answers, but my sons are not going to suffer in their mind because of, of the, the pattern that I couldn't master. But then I did master it. And the Lord just started doing things. Got, he's just done so much for me. He's done so much for you. And so we've got to act accordingly. We've got to do what men and women of character do. We are unstoppable. We look at the situation and we laugh. Ha! That's what you got? That's all you brought? That's the end of it? That's, that's what you're going to threaten me with, devil? You didn't bring anything. I've already whooped you and, and the things like you a bunch of times. And I have. You have too. You know what I say. When the kitchen sink goes around the third time, you pretty much know the devil's through. He hadn't got anything new or he'd have brought it. And if he could kill you, and he's tried to kill me several times, he, he would have. Because I'm important. And you're important. You don't know how important you are and key you are to people. It is, it is a, it's a chain that goes out. If, if two is better than one, two can put 10,000 to flight. 
you're valuable. And if you're out of commission, I don't mean dead. I mean just, just having a bad day or just falling off the cliff or going through the T in the highway and having to dig out. We can't do that anymore. We've got to put on a higher thought life that says, I'm going to be just like Jesus. He didn't lie. I tell no lies. He, he didn't major on the minors. I'm through with that. He, he got rid or didn't have friends that were compromisers. Uh, Psalm 1 says, uh, uh, Blessed is he that sitteth not with the, who is it, the scoffers and the scornful. Come on, Bible people. I'm acting like I'm waiting on you, but I don't know either. But, uh, but you know, where we just don't sit with, we don't sit with those people. We don't run with those people. You go, ah, you got to do it. You got to, and you go, well, I don't want to. Well, low character doesn't want to. Low character won't do it. But we got to say, this is the end of my life. If I'm going to go to heaven with anything, I'm going to go up there that I did the best I could. And the Lord said, well, I sent you down there to do a work. And you just, you got immersed in the world itself, the pleasures and the, and the, the promises that, that you believed me for, and then you got, you got a reward, and then you just went off and, and played with it? I don't want that. But that's really what's up there. Is, I, like to, I like the Lord's announce. Here he comes. Well done, Michael Ray. Well done. That's what we all want. Because this life is a vapor. It is just a shorty. Count your birthdays. Yeah. Count, count your birthdays to the last zero birthday. You're 60, you're 50, you're 40, and you go, that was just the other day, and it was nine years or whatever. Uh, this, this stuff's moving fast. We've got we to gotta move it with it. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. I am changed today by your word. Holy Ghost, I yield to the changing of your word in my life after I leave this place. I am a hearer and a doer of the word, and my life will stand against every storm. The devil can't touch me. Demons are afraid of me. I set things in order wherever I go. Things are turned around when I get through with them. My life is a light on a candlestick. In Jesus' name, I will not back up. I will not let go. I will not hesitate or falter. I'm full on. And when I do fail, Lord, I'm quick, I'm quick to get the blood into my life and be restored and established and move forward with the next phase. We thank you for River Church, Lord. We thank you for the churches of the kingdom that are preaching your word and living your life. Lord, let them be a testimony and a glory throughout the land. Let their light shine in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God.